Hi, I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a naturopath, healthy-ish lifestyle architect, body joy seeker, and French fry activist. And you're listening to 100% healthy-ish. Here's the thing. As a naturopath and an intuitive eating health at every size health coach, I have seen every angle and end of the health conversation. And after years of clinical and coaching experience, I've developed a framework for feeling good and having fun that I know you're gonna love. To be healthy-ish, we move beyond the boring basics and consider some ish you have never thought of before when it comes to your health. Are you ready? It's gonna be fun. Let's go. Okay, first things first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the response to the relaunch of the podcast last week. It was such a fun week. It was so neat to get this new sort of rebrand message, these bigger ideas and conversations around health out into the world and to see the response. It was just really fueling. Like, I feel like it just sort of ignited me. And um, I'm just really, just thank you. Just really grateful and excited and thrilled about how things went last week and just excited for what more is to come. Thanks for that. Um, also, I got this new healthy-ish holiday starter guide out into the world last week as well. And that has been really fun to share. If you haven't gotten your hands on a copy yet, you can find it at foodfreedombodylove.com forward slash healthy-ish starter guide, all one word. I'll also put the link in the show notes. Please do. It's a beautiful beginner starter guide to this whole healthy-ish concept with lots of fun, really tangible ways that you can start to dive into what might bring a little healthy-ish into your life this holiday season. What might spark or inspire you to find your magical formula for pleasurable, flexible, enjoyable health. Uh, So get your hands on that. People have been loving it. It's so much fun to share and it's only going to be available until the end of December, at which point I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to release a winter guide. So every season there'll be a new guide. So that's been really fun too. Today I'm talking with Megan and I'm going to talk more about it in the actual episode. But the fun thing is that Megan and I have worked together for a long time. And I noticed this like very distinct shift in her presence on Instagram not that long ago. And I think I either commented on it or no, she shared a post about tartines, these like fancy toasts. I, I feel like this, this podcast should have been called the fancy toast that launched an epic conversation or something, but she shared a post about tartines and I was like, Ooh, I love me a tartine. Um, and she sent me a voice message after I commented that. And she sort of said, Oh my gosh, like, I need you to hear about what's been happening in my life when it comes to inviting beauty back in and pleasure and embodiment. And these are really important pieces of the healthiest framework for health that I've developed. And it has been sprinkled into other programs that I've had on offer that Megan has participated in. And it's something that I think for some people is difficult to access. And so when she said that, I was like, whoa, 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 don't say anymore. If you're open to this, I would love you to share what this has looked like for you on the podcast. 
because it's key. It's fundamental. It becomes, you know, pleasure and enjoyment really are the GPS navigation system in the healthiest framework. They're what provide the breadcrumbs that we follow to find the health practices that are going to be correct for you, that you're actually going to enjoy doing, that you will sustain, that will not burn you out, that you're not going to give up on in five weeks. Because there are going to be things that are an enjoyable part of your day, things that you really look forward to because you genuinely value, love, and enjoy them. So anyway, it's a difficult thing sometimes, I think, to wrap your head around. So I said, hold on. Let's record. Megan agreed. I couldn't be more excited. I'm so thrilled to get to share this with you today. Let's go to the conversation. Okay, so I have Megan here and we are going to chat. So over the course of the past couple of months, I've noticed Megan just showing up really differently on Instagram. And, you know, I, I not that that means everything, but I think that there was like a definitive shift that I noticed. And then it was interesting because Megan reached out to me and said, I have so much to share with you. Like there's been these really interesting things going on around like pleasure and enjoyment and embodiment. And I said, okay, hold, hold up. <laughs> Don't tell me I want to record it. <laughs> and um, so we put pause in. So we decided that we record it for today. And um, I just want to say leading into this, that like you and I have worked together for a really long time. So I would also just note that there are aspects of the work that I'm leaning into really heavily in my work right now that I'm going to talk more and more about in the coming months that I don't always get to with everyone, right? Like I often am working or, or in the past have worked on like intuitive eating, body image, health at every size. And often people leave me when they're at the point where they've sort of ditched the worst aspects of diet culture and they sort of feel free of that burden. Um, but what I've noticed is then people circle back down the road, they come back to me, they come back because it's just doesn't, it's just not quite enough. And so I just wanted to, I'm going to talk more about this idea of leaning into this other end of the spectrum of work, which is like leaning into how we actually want to feel in our bodies and what our magic formula is for feeling like that. And how do we figure that out? And how do we create the systems and structures to make it even possible in our wild, hectic, crazy lives? And what does it, what does it look like to stay connected to that through the course of the month and the weeks and the busy days and the years and the seasons? So um, anyway, okay, that's enough for me. Uh, Megan, do you want to just like pick up where we left off on the Instagram messaging we were doing? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think I had shown you a picture or you commented on a, on a Instagram story I posted of, um, of, um, oh, I'm going to forget her name, Jen Hatmaker, who was posting from her recipe book and just a photo of her, like shoving some delicious food in her mouth and grinning and looking gorgeous. And this is her promoting her cookbook. And you were just like, yes, I love that. Whatever the food was tartine, I think. Oh yeah, that's like, right. I was like, I love a tartine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I love a, a tartine. fancy toast, you know? Yeah. Fancy toast. But also like the photo was just so your vibe of like this woman who is fully comfortable in where she's at in her life. And she knows she looks beautiful and she's dressed up for her business thing and she's just loving the food and proud of what she's doing. And I think that really speaks to what you're trying to do with people, 
where it's not it's not just about the food and it's not just about her clothing size it's about like where she's at in her whole entire life and having that spill over into from the initial work into everything else so it just that's why I when you responded to my post that's why I said to you oh my gosh I have so much to tell you because I feel like I'm getting to that um I just so have that's kind of like it makes me so happy <laughs> because to Good. me this is the definition of health right it's this like really fully embodied enjoying our lives to the max and um just sinking in, like finding a way, I guess there's, I don't know if this is the right way to to say it, but it's like finding a way to invite the beauty of life back in when we've like shed all of those expectations of how it should look. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there has been a lot going on with me in that whole realm and, um, So one of the things that's changed for me recently is that I've started working with a new psychotherapist. And the reason for that is that a whole bunch of different issues have sort of crystallized and become clear after the last three years of working on all the stuff that I've worked on with you. And I've been able to draw a very clear line from the work that I started doing with you and all of the, you know, extracurricular <laughs> reading and changing who I'm following on social media and, and all of that stuff, that work and that long process and rethinking and relearning and unlearning have led me to some pretty major realizations of good things that I want to start embodying in my life, changes that I want to make in my life, and also some things that I know I need to work on. And whoops. <laughs> Megan just dropped her phone. My, She'll be right back. Yeah, my iPad. My iPad fell. Um, yeah, all of those things that like some of them are gonna require some some work, right? With a therapist and um, you know, stuff that came up with from my childhood. Um, and stuff that, you know, confidence issues that arose from negative experiences with employers. And like, I need to dig into those things because those are the the blocks that I ran into in our work where it was like, yeah, I can see where I want to get to with that. Mm-hmm. But for this totally separate reason, I'm just not getting there through this type of work. And I need to go and dig further into that. So it really did help me sort of pinpoint what those issues were. Um, and then even to things like my marriage and my self-identity, which that's a whole other, you know, conversation, but there's some really major stuff that I want to dig into there. But, um, you know, as part of me getting to the point where I identified, okay, these are the things that I want to work on and I'm going to go seek out a therapist. And these are the things that I, um, knowingly I'm going to focus on. Like it was a very intentional process because it wasn't just, I need help. Somebody help me. Uh I, I actually like kind of interviewed a few different potential therapists and wanted to find the one that was going to work for me at this time on the issues that I want to talk about. So it's definitely, yeah, it's been a lot of time and work and progress coming to this point. So I'm as much as I'm anxious and nervous because it might make things very messy and emotional for a while. I'm so glad that 
like it's exciting because I'm going to finally get rid of some of these, you know, mental blocks and things that I'm really, you know, not confident about. Um, but on the flip side of that, on the more positive side, I've been making a lot of changes in just my sort of daily life and how I'm bringing myself into the world. So I'm definitely getting, I'm, I'm getting back into a sense of how I want to dress and how I want to present myself. And I was looking back the other day at the, um, I forget whether it was May or June, but we did in the Juicy Body Blueprint group, we did um, like a vision board kind of for what we were just looking at summer clothing. Yeah. So like what how do you want to, what clothes would be comfortable for you and what clothes will make you feel most like you this summer as, as prep for like, okay, now go clean out your closet and get rid of all the things that don't yeah, work. It's like a, an exercise that we did in one of my programs, right? Yes. Yeah. So I put together, you know, my little Pinterest board and chunked it onto the, in the Facebook group. And I went back to that the other day and looked at it and thought, huh, I feel like I have actually been gravitating towards this type of clothing but it was a good thing to do because then I was trying to pick clothes for um a little solo adventure to the big city that I was doing and it was like okay yes I don't need to I don't need to like search around and try on 40 different things from my closet I know what I want and I'm just gonna pick like I intentionally dressed the way that I put together in that vision board Mm -hmm. and I felt awesome all day yeah um which was amazing. Um, and I've been playing around with makeup a little bit more, um, for a really long time. It just felt like I was in this survival mode and the pandemic, we were all at home and everyone was just sort of like at the lowest common denominator of like slothness and (laughs) wearing yoga pants always and all of that stuff. And I just, I didn't feel good enough about my appearance to even feel like it was worth putting on makeup um and so I've really been trying to like even if it's two seconds of swiping on some eyeliner and mascara like I don't tend to wear a lot of makeup anyway but doing that feels good in a self-care way and it feels like I'm intentionally putting my my identity out there and how I want to look and feel um and then the other big thing that I did is after 20 years, I got my nose ring redone. Oh my God. So I, you can kind of, you can I, see it I know bit. I'm, I'm, when we first I'm going to get an talking. actual ring. Yeah, I'm going to get an actual ring, but she wouldn't pierce it that way because it's um, like more prone to infection and stuff. But so I have to wait till the end of November and then I'm going to get an actual ring. But I had that done first when I was 18. Like I got a whole bunch of piercings. I got a tattoo. I was like putting myself out there, sort of getting out from under my parents' shadow um, and figuring out who I was and who I wanted to be. So I got my nose ring done then and I loved it and I had it for years. And then it just fell out at one point in my early twenties. And I just never, um, I just never went and got it redone. And it was one of those, like, the idea just popped into my brain one day, like, hmm, I should get my nose ring back. Like, I've been looking for things that feel like me and that will make me feel like me. And I want, like my kids are not babies anymore. My youngest just started school. I'm trying to get 
some sense of myself back. Um, and I don't think I would have had like the confidence and the sense of self that I do had I not been doing this work for the last three years. Right. Um, so all the talk about like embodiment, like this is it. I was like, this is a thing I want in my body. It's going to make me feel good. <laughs> in it's going to make body. me think like, yes, like it looks badass. I think that my friends have told me that my husband does not like it, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, I love so. it. And can you, and like, do you, you may not have thought of this yet. This is like really fundamental to this piece of the work. This like inviting beauty back in. And what does it mean to like embody the work, which is like intuitive eating and health at every size and like doing things that like improve our, to me, all of this is about connecting to our vitality. Like to me, that's that unending well of like well-being that we don't have to like effort so hard and work so hard at every day, you know, like if we can tap into this well of vitality, then I think that taking care of ourselves becomes, if not easier, a lot more fun. So I just, I don't know if you've like thought about it like that, or I'm just thinking like, for those who are listening, like this connection between feeling good and that feeling good translating into like caring about feeding ourselves and moving our body. And like, how do things like clothes and a nose ring, like how do these things connect in your brain? I'm just interested to hear. I mean, I think it comes down to being reminded through our work that these outward expressions, while they are superficial in some way, they do play into our sense of not only identity and self, but also worth. Mm -hmm. And um, the notion that it is worth spending some minimal amount of time that you can carve out, but they're not wastes of time. It's important to do these things for ourselves. And it doesn't need to be like, clearly I'm here with wet hair today. It doesn't need to be a daily blowout and, you know, moose in your hair. It can be whatever little thing it needs to be for yourself. Um, but for me, feeling like it's not a waste of time. I am worth doing these things. Getting rid of that idea that, you know, I'm just a mom and I work in an office and no one's looking at me anyway. And I'm not really worth, you know, taking that special time. Um, that's really shifted for me. Um, and it's really, a, it's an inner change that has taken place and it and it taps into a whole bunch of other stuff that I won't go into right now but these little it's like the nose ring is like a symbol to me it's like right this is something I did for myself because I wanted to do it it reminds me of who I am at heart it reminds me of who I was before I had my kids it reminds me of who I was before I settled down into a marriage into a smaller city and th that part of me still exists and it is okay if I bring some of that back. It doesn't mean I'm like abandoning my family. It doesn't mean I'm, um, you know, giving up on anything, but where it all connects to the food and intuitive eating side. And this is something that my therapist, um, like in our initial conversation drew this line and I was like, like mind blown. Yeah. Um, she was saying that some, a lot of, quite a few people come to her 
with initially with issues of compulsive eating or eating disorders and um, that sort of restraint and that lack of fluidity in their eating. And it brings up, once they work through those things, it often does bring up the fact that they were repressing other facets of themselves. Right. Restricting with food equals restricting in other areas of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And binging on food also indicates binging in other areas of our life. Like, yeah, there's like, and same with purging as well, right? Like, and there are very direct lines. And like you're saying, once we clear some of the food stuff, it's just, it leaves, we need to be examining where we're restricting ourselves and binging and purging in our lives. It's very connected. And, um, you know, there are there are pieces of myself that I didn't recognize until my thirties. There are influences from my childhood that I didn't recognize until my thirties. And now I'm really seeing huge pieces of myself that I was either repressing or, you know, didn't know about. And um, a lot of pieces of myself that I was just my coping mechanism to deal with the anxiety that I felt throughout most of my life. and the feeling of myself and my personality and my identity being not acceptable and not good enough. I dealt with it by having anxiety. And I dealt with that through the coping mechanism of trying to control everything I ate. Yeah. And then when I, yeah. And then when my mind clearly was bursting with all the stuff I was holding back and not letting myself see or understand that's one of the reasons why I would binge and just try and stuff it all down. Mm -hmm. Um, So really it's interesting to me and I guess fairly common and to be expected that once I got the compulsion under control, once I released sort of that hold that food had on me and the morality of it, um, like I feel like I've been eating fairly intuitively most of the time for at least the last two years, but it's taken me the last two years to really come to the full realization of a lot of this stuff. So it it still took a lot of time once I wasn't repressing everything. And once I had released that hold, then all this other stuff kept coming up Mm. once that coping mechanism was no longer in play. Yeah. And I love a couple of things that I love in here. The first I love is this idea of worth because worth is obviously so key to health, to well-being, to um, how we feed ourselves and move our bodies and just how we move through the world. Like that's just an, an reclamation of worth, like deciding that our worth isn't about looking a specific way or eating a specific way or, you know, like disconnecting from these external ideas of worth and reconnecting to just our inherent worth, just because we, we exist is such a vague, intangible thing. And so in the work that I do, you know, we talk about what are some tangible ways to reclaim worth. And one of those things is just like you said, it's like deciding we're worth considering what our style is and how we want to dress. We're worth considering is the job I'm doing fulfilling me. We're worth considering where is my marriage working and where is it not? We're like, like taking the time to just explore those things and be curious and dress ourselves and like, you know, 
so far beyond just food and movement, like these are a reclamation of worth. And when we do that, it trickles into everything that we do. And so sometimes, even though some of these things appear very superficial and they are to some extent, they're like these little shortcuts, I call them to like Mm -hmm. accessing something much bigger and much deeper. And then I just think from there, like you're saying, like, then there can be so much clarity sometimes of like, okay, I'm reclaiming my worth here. This is inspiring me. I've accessed this well of energy and vitality. I'm getting curious. I'm, I'm considering that I'm worth exploring these things. And all of a sudden we start to find like those bigger, deeper pieces. They start to like mm-hmm. unveil themselves or reveal themselves. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that the worth piece for me has always been very tied to my weight and my size. And I still throughout the last few years, um, I've gained more weight in part due to some medication that I'm on and the the COVID of it all. And, you know, just the stress of being a working parent during a global pandemic. Um, But it's at this point when I'm at sort of, you know, I'm still at like my highest weight ever um, and my biggest size ever. But this is the time when I'm starting to really play with style and wanting Which to dress makes my me body. So happy. And like and those like pictures I, I never you posted. And again, like it's not just the clothes, but I think the clothes are like this, the clothes, the nose ring, the like, it's just like this accessing this inner. I don't know what other word to use at the moment today, except like vitality is the word I keep coming back to. Like it just shines through in the photos. Well, and it's and it's, I think it's a sense of me, me feeling like it is worthwhile and it is good to post photos of myself having a good time at, you know, this family wedding that I was at, having spent, like my kids weren't with me. So I spent an hour doing my makeup with my favorite music blasting and chatting with friends on text message. Like it was so much fun to do that for myself. And yeah, I might not always have time to spend an hour and a half doing my hair and makeup, but it was a lovely thing to do for myself. And it made me feel fantastic the rest of the night. And my personality was much more outgoing because of that, because I felt like I had really taken the time to look my best and feel my best. And so I love looking at those photos now and wanted to share them because, you know, I wasn't just like throwing on a muumuu and hiding in the background and posting photos of other people. And that's been my MO for the last, you know, decade. especially as a mother, you know? Um, so there's the whole, you know, hashtag take the picture and be in the picture and like it all, it all comes back to that, that feeling of, you know, yes, I am in this body that I've struggled with. And yes, I acknowledge that I am still working on feeling okay with it and feeling sexy and feeling attractive and believing people when they tell me those things, that's a huge, uh, struggle for me. But at least I've gotten to the point where I'm doing the nice things for myself, even though I haven't, you know, 100% made peace with it. Yeah. One other thing actually that just brought you brought up for me in, in mentioning the getting ready and the music is I've noticed you posting more music that you love. And I think like another really big piece of a piece of the work that early, early on in my career, I thought of as like fluffy, floofy was this like sinking into sensuality as self-care and sensuality, you know, not just as sex, sex is part of it, but like 
just the enjoyment of our physical beings in a physical world, like beautiful clothing on our body, like a sparkle in our nose, but also music, like tiny corners of beauty in our home, like just a, a beautiful evening, you know, a walk in the woods, nature, like sinking into the sensual pleasure of that as a way again to connect to our vitality, to connect to what it means to take care of ourselves, to motivate us, to inspire us. So I just noticed that as well, that this like, it's, it feels like music. I don't know if it's always been part of your life, but it definitely feels from the outside, like it's coming back as like a big, it's something important to you. It is. Um, it's so funny you picked up on that because I definitely feel like I was very disengaged from music for a long time. And that was like mental illness and postpartum stuff and just feeling isolated and disconnected, all of those things. Um, and just sort of not thinking to put music on was that like, that's, uh, that's not me. That's just where I've been at for the last bunch of years, but music is fundamental to me. It has been since the day I was born. Um, I took like serious formal piano lessons for 10 years as a kid. Um, and I've always been like, I was the kid sitting there with the, I mean, it was like a disc man in my day, not an iPod. Um, <laughs> a like Walkman, then a disc man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sitting with the Walkman and the disc man on the bus before and after school, like every, during spare, sitting in the hallway with my headphones in, like I was obsessed with music. I lived and breathed it. It was part of the way I saw the world. I was the person putting their MSN messenger status as a lyric from a song. Yeah. Like that was me. Um, and it felt like I kind of lost that for a while. And part of that's just getting into your mid thirties and realizing you have no idea what's cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling disconnected from, you know, whatever is on the radio. But um, yeah, it's, it's another one of those self-care pieces where it's like, well, I'm not gonna try and make myself feel better by eating a liter of ice cream. So what else am I gonna do? And through your work, we were, we were, trying out different things like is it taking a walk is it taking a bath is it using nice products is it talking to a friend reading a book it, like trying all these different things and one of the like I feel so stupid in retrospect for not thinking of it earlier but I'll just throw on you know Spotify or the radio or something while I'm getting ready in the morning and it's usually a hectic time and the kids are running around and we're packing lunches but just the act of intentionally putting music on to put myself in a good mood, and it always does, it's like revolutionary. And why I, haven't I been doing this I the do whole it, time? I do it all it, the time. I just, it yeah. makes my whole body and head and brain feel amazing. Um, it, it's a game changer for me. And I do it a lot while, while working now too. If I have to focus, I'll stick my headphones in. It's like, and, and it's, it is a very physical experience for me um, to listen to music. So, and it's so. funny, like a, oh, a friend of mine pointed it out too. Oh, did and she? Said, yeah. Like, you know, when I kind of started listening to music again, that's when I was starting to come out of, you know, a very dark period for me. And I was like, okay, interesting you say that because it's been this, this summer was when I felt like I really started to listen to music a lot again. I just, I felt like so emotional when you were talking about that, because I think that like, for me, this is like the end, this is the end game, which is like not an end game at all. It's like the beginning of the game, actually. It's like, 
I feel like you are finally finding this magical formula that, like you said, connects you to who you really are outside of these like definite mom, wife, office administrator, you know, I'm probably saying your work wrong, but like administrative work, (laughs) marketing, fundraising, Yeah, but like finding this magical formula and like that magical formula will include feeding yourself intuitively and moving your body. But it's also like all of these other pieces, including maybe therapy forever. And like, (laughs) like those are medication and and medication, (laughs) you know, and it's like, but like it's just this idea that it's this bigger picture and it can be messy and imperfect and ongoing like but you're finding it and I see it shifting just how you are in the world and to me like that's that's the that's the greatest yeah yeah it feels like I'm putting myself out there a lot more um you know, I used to have when when I was fresh out of grad school from journalism, I I had a blog and I would post these long posts, and some of them were like commentary on what was going on in the world. It was two thousand eight, so there was a lot, um, and others were sort of just these introspective, reflective pieces. But it was like at that point, I felt like yes, I am going to put these thoughts out there, and maybe nobody will want to read them, but that's okay. And people did read them. And like the little bits that I've been putting out on Instagram, even if it's, you know, tiny little snippets of my day or what I'm listening to or what I'm thinking about or something that I'm appalled by in the world. I don't think I would have felt comfortable doing that a few years ago. Right. Um, And now I'm really like, there's pieces for me that are almost like bubbling over. Like I, I can't wait to get them back out there, you know? Yeah. And I think this beautiful connection between like, learning how to exist in our bodies to enjoy our bodies to enjoy the world through like deeper the deeper like shedding of external expectation but also the superficial like what makes me feel like me how that connects us to this energy this vitality this inspiration this whatever and then ultimately what that leads to is us all doing just like better things in the world as well yeah Yeah, I think one of the best parts of learning how to eat intuitively and have, you know, you call it um, competent eating and just Mm -hmm. competence in terms of um, being able to recognize what we like and don't like and being able to recognize what makes us feel good or less good, not because of morality assigned to food or calories or quote unquote nutrients literally just what makes us feel good physically and mentally learning how to recognize those even learning like I'm talking three years ago now learning how to recognize when I was hungry and not hungry and full like those things were so fundamental to me that once I learned how to do that and how to recognize all those cues I was recognizing what I liked and disliked and all of my feeling cues in all aspects of my life oh yeah Mm -hmm. and that's something that I was so cut off from before it was like I was going through a lot being a young mom and you know all of that stuff and I had to effectively shut myself down in order to survive and like I'm not mad at myself for doing that it's just how I survived but now I'm like intentionally crawling out of that and um 
doing for whatever reason for me food is just it's such a big part of my life and learning how to change my relationship with food and eating in that way opened up all of the other stuff mm-hmm. and that's a good place to end okay <laughs> All right. That is it for me today. You know the drill. Three things I want you to do. Download your healthy-ish starter guide. You can find it at foodfreedombodylove.com forward slash healthy-ish starter guide. I want you to rate and review the podcast. It makes such a huge difference. Please, please, please rate and review. And bonus points if you tell not one, not two, but three friends about the episode. All right. Have an amazing day. Keep it healthy-ish, keep it fun, and I'll see you in a few days.